0: Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Hey everyone, it really is great to see you today and I'm delighted that you're here on our broadcast again. Of course we are working towards our uh, Christmas uh, penultimate service there on the 20th and I just want to encourage you, please, if you would uh, just... Uh, click on the uh, website and just check out the Instagram and the Facebook, and you'll be able to see all that we're planning to do over this Christmas season. Um, I also want to say a huge uh, shout out to all those guys who continue to serve behind the scenes. I've said it before, they're behind the camera now. They're smiling away at me. They're on the sound, they're on the media, they're on the recording. And whilst I don't understand what they do, I don't underestimate what they do, the amount of hours that they pour in above and beyond. And uh, I just want to say huge thanks to them. So where you are in your home, can you just put your hands together and give them a big shout out? There's lots and lots of people who continue to serve across Arena Church and another group of those who are serving within the community. Just very quickly, we continue to pour literally tens of thousands of pounds into our communities through food and through toys And uh, Caroline and I, my wife and I have heard some heartbreaking stories and we're so glad that yes, whilst they're heartbreaking, we're able to make a difference, we're able to get involved, we're partnering with other agencies, around 40 agencies, social services and the council and just distributing God's and goodwill and love and help and service to our world. Can I just say guys, just as Jesus would have done if he was on the earth today. I love that we don't have to do it, but we get to do it. So just continue with your efforts, guys, over this Christmas, and let's make sure it's a good one for everybody. As always, we're one church in seven locations. Come on, a massive shout-out for all your locations. And uh, do you want me to go through them all? Okay, very quickly. Belper, big shout-out. Now to the hub, and to Ilkeston, on to Mansfield, now to Nottingham, and then on to Toulouse, we're delighted that you're all here, and our last one, we have our online uh, family who are joining with us, and we're delighted that you're with us today. We're continuing with our series called "Tears the Season, and uh, if you didn't manage to catch it, I spoke last week about a season of goodwill. But today, I want to talk about a season of cheer. And this is what's announced in the scriptures. We'll read it in a moment. I am not talk about cheers. You know, you're down in the pub and hey, cheers. I'm not talking about, you know, a season of cheer that's born out of alcohol and gifts and bonuses and temporary pleasures. No, we talk about a season of cheer which is a joy and an optimism. The, the, coming, of, the coming of Christ into earth brought a joy and an optimism that is unrivaled and still presents itself thousands of years later to the world it's amazing and I want you to go from just knowing about the Christmas story but I want you to really absorb yourself in, in seeing and hearing it afresh today so we're going to launch off if we may and I wonder if we could turn in our Bibles to Luke in chapter 2 Luke in chapter 2 and I'm going to read quite a few verses together but please stay with me And uh, then we're going to make a few points around that. And hopefully you'll be really blessed and encouraged and challenged in your heart. I've been looking forward to being with you and preaching this message to you. So Luke 2 verse 4, it says that Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to a firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths, and she placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And verse 8, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. I bet they were. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you and he is the Messiah. He is the Lord and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off. I bet they did and they found mary and joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger now i love the bible and if you've never read the bible or you don't own a bible please click on the screen and we'll make sure we send you one or you can alternatively go to you know the u version and just download the app because the Bible is full of hope and full of encouragement. But I genuinely believe this. These are some of the most hope-filled verses of the Scriptures. Oh my goodness. I am excited now. You better watch out, guys. Because these, these, these verses fill me with such hope. Hope for my life and hope for the world. And this story has multiple wisdom nuggets packed into it if you really just absorb yourself and dig around the verses I just want to quickly say before we really get to three particular points that I want to say let me just say this this is like a subheading God from this story I see that God hears the pain of the people let me give you the context very quickly there was civil upheaval from Rome Rome were dominating the known world so we had now Caesar Augustus, there'd been a, you know, an interchange in Rome, there'd been a lot of violence, a lot of bloodshed, and they were dominating this little place called Israel. There were kings and there were, there were, there, there were sorry, there were army generals all roaming around. Secondly, there was a paranoid king by the name of Herod, who was awful. There was a decline in morality across the area. There was economic and social pain. There was isolation. There was mass violence. And it created deep-seated uncertainty in the hearts of the normal people. I wonder if this sounds familiar. Because I want to tell you, God hears the pain of the people. And if you are on the broadcast today, He hears and He sees your pain. These are uncertain days We've never had so much in the Western world, and yet we've never been more unhappy. Secondly, I see that God shames the protocol of the proud. <laughs> I love this, because the world in that, in that time, the religious world, was built around laws, do's and don'ts. Religious rituals, Pharisees and judges, who were hardened. They looked great on the outside, but inside they were stinking. And surely the prophesied Messiah, the awaited king, would be born in a palace. He would be born, if not in the palace, into Jewish royalty, or Jewish high society, or even to an army general. Come on, God, you've got to do it this way. But no, God breaks with convention. He comes through a virgin, betrothed to a humble carpenter, to be born... In a nowhere kind of place. You see, God shames the protocol of the proud. He comes to Bethlehem. Bethlehem, a village six miles south of Jer- Jerusalem. Nondescript. If we was looking at today, and we was waiting the Messiah. We'd be saying, surely God would come to London. Or surely God would come to New York. Oh yeah, that sounds great. Or LA. Or oh, oh, Paris. You know, some kind of really cool place. But now, God comes to a nondescript place. You see, God remembers and sees the humble, forgotten, insignificant places. So I want to believe you guys who are part of Arena Church. We're in nondescript places. People say, Ilkeston, I've never heard of that. Mansfield, where's that? Belper, what are you talking about? I want to encourage you guys to believe in your areas. Wherever God has placed you, for God to do something amazing through our locations for the glory of God. Now, I like three-point preaching. I'll tell you why. Because you get enough to chew on without getting jaw ache, if that makes sense. (laughs) So I'm going to give you three things beyond these two that I've just shared that I really want to lay in. I hope you're going to get this. I really want you to get this because this story, the birth of Jesus, shows me, are you ready? Number one. Get your pads and your pens, your devices. Number one, the ordinary became extraordinary. Everybody say with me. The ordinary became extraordinary. It says in verse 7, quickly, let's go to the verses. That Mary wrapped Jesus in cloths and she placed him in a manger. Now the manger started the day as a feeding trough. And it ended the day becoming the cradle for the king. Wow. What a transformation. The manger is a symbol of what can happen to the ordinary man and woman when Jesus resides inside. The manger serves as a symbol to the world of God's transformative power. You see, those who see themselves truly as they are, lawbreakers, the broken, the hurting, the in need, People who come to God with their past, their failures, their mistakes, and they lay them bare before God, God comes, God resides in them, and the ordinary becomes extraordinary. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 27 says it this way, but God chose those who the world considers foolish to shame those who think they are wise. And God chose the puny and the powerless to shame the wise, to shame the high, sorry, to shame the high and mighty. And he chose, verse 28, and he chose the lowly, the laughable, in the world's eyes, the nobodies. I'm amazed that God can take the ordinary and make it truly extraordinary. I'm amazed when I look across the pages of history and see what God has done, how he takes people with colourful pasts and profound weaknesses and physical and intellectual limitations, glaring mistakes and sinful inclinations and uses these people to bless and serve the world. It's amazing. You, you note some of the greatest, greatest, and I use that word great very carefully, men, men and women of history who have done something incredible for God. There's usually some brokenness, dysfunctionality in their past. I was reading a book written by Uh, An American uh, Bible teacher and pastor and author by the name of Chuck Swindell, Charles Swindell. What I didn't realize was, as a young man, he had a terrible and debilitating stammer in his youth. And yet God used him. And God has used him to preach to literally millions of people. That amazes me. God takes the ordinary and makes it extraordinary. So I want to say to you today, you who think you're normal and average and ordinary... God wants to make you extraordinary. Do not say about yourself that you are nothing. Do not say that you are a nobody. Do not say that God could not use you. You are exactly the kind of person, the kind of people that God would take and he would begin to use and he would begin to reside in. Now, to underscore this thought, this very powerful thought of the ordinary becoming extraordinary, I then see in this story that God came to lowliness, lowliness, not loneliness, he does come to lo- loneliness, but God came to lowliness before loftiness. Now, he did come to loftiness, I mean, lofty, those who are high and mighty and have power and riches and wealth. He did come to them because he came to the wise men, didn't he? Through a star. And they had the opportunity to gather and see Jesus. But notice who he came to first. It came to the shepherds. (laughs) We've read it. Verse 8, and they were living out in the fields nearby. They were literally living there. They had no homes. (laughs) That's what he's saying. And they were keeping watch over their flocks at night. What a job it was. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them. Now listen to me. It's a big deal when an angel appears. Now you may say, is that really real? Uh, You've watched too much Hollywood and too much Disney. Angels are very real. They're heavenly beings. They're they're God's agents. They're they're God's mouthpieces. God still uses that today. And an angel of the Lord wasn't a massive occurrence throughout the scriptures. There were multiple accounts, but it's not on every page. That's what I'm trying to say. So an angel of the Lord, when an angel of the Lord appears, it's a big deal. But get this. They didn't just get an angel. Are you listening to me? They, they, They actually got a heavenly host of angels. Now I can see, only see, and i teaching Pastor Phil Pye who's brilliant with the scriptures. I always say it and he rolls his eyes at me, but he, he really is. Now he may say something different, but I went through this and I could only see another account where we see truly, other than the book of John, in, Revela- sorry, in Revelation where John sees a, a heavenly house in, in a vision, I could actually only see another occasion where there was angels, plural, that came. And that was to Jesus after his 40-day fast. So this is a massive, massive deal. It really is. When the angel of the Lord came to this unimpressive group, this understated birth announced to an unimpressive group by the most impressive of beings, angels. And they come to these shepherds. And these shepherds were truly lowly. They were nomadic. They were transient. They were always on the move. They were often seen as dishonest. And in a court of law, we're told that no judge would rely on their testimony. They were poor and uneducated. They were rough and strong. And they were seen as outcasts even by their own people, the Jewish people. Do you get the picture? They were lowly. Now I thank God for my upbringing. I wasn't born to high society My parents didn't have loads, but, you know, we always had food and I always had clothes. And I thank God for them. I really do. But over the years, Caroline and I, I don't know what it is. We've just developed a deeper, greater, stronger love for brokenness. It gets me every time. Caroline will tell you. If I see somebody on the street when we'd walk on the streets, and I've not walked on the streets for months now, nine months. But if I see somebody with a big issue, some people have said to me, oh, they're just wasted on this, that, and the other. I can't help myself. And I've told you before, and it's no brag, we now carry cards, Costa cards, Greg's cards if we're out, to make sure they have a meal. To make sure that we do what we can in that moment to bless them. What I'm saying to you is, I have a deep love for brokenness. I have a deep love for loneliness. I also love the fact that there's a lot of business people now across Arena Church, and a big shout-out to our business and professional people who are leveraging their means and influence for the blessings of others. I love it that we've had people who have given to our hamper appeal who have got means, and thank you for them. I've seen the emails and some of the text messages. I appreciate it. We've also got local companies I I collected a check only last week from a company who who gave 5,000 pounds. Wards Recycling gave 5,000 pounds to our Christmas appeal. Guys, this is amazing. They can't do it for everybody, but they know that they can do it for somebody. And I love it when people are leveraging their resources for the poor. Can I just leave you one more verse? I thought if we got time, I just want to give you this verse. It's really important because there are some people on the broadcast who have very little And as I will continue to say, if you need our help, contact our office. We will do what we can. If you need a Christmas dinner box, if you need a hamper, we'll do what we can to get something to you. You know, we really will. Now, if you click it in from America, that might be a bit more difficult for us. But I'm talking in the the locality of where we are, we will do what we can. So if you need help, we'll be there. But I also love the fact that Arena Church, our mandate is this. Proverbs 31, verse 8 and 9. Let me give you this. It says that we should speak up for the people who have no voice, for the rights of all the down and outers. Speak out for, for justice and stand up for the poor and destitute. This is becoming more of a life verse to me than I ever realized. I will continue to stand up for those who have no voice. I want to continue to minister and help and leverage our resource and our, and our influence in Arena Church for those who are poor and those who are destitute. And by the way, business people love this kind of thing. Professionals love this kind of thing. We don't just want to go after those. We want to go after everybody. But you get the point that I'm trying to make. It's a prophetic mandate that is upon us. But thirdly, I want to just encourage you with this story. Because yes... God took that which was ordinary and made it extraordinary. And God first came to lowliness before he came to loftiness. But in this story, what hope-filled verses and thoughts, because it says that God came into the world to save the world. The point I want to make is this. From darkened despair comes permanent joy. That's my third point. From darkened despair comes permanent joy. The angel comes to the shepherds and says, Do not be afraid. Now, they were terrified, as you would have been, as I would have been in that moment. But I don't just believe it was in that moment, I believe in life they were terrified. And God was coming to them and giving them a message and passing it on to us by saying, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And there are over 365 references in the Bible to this thought of do not fear, do not worry, do not be afraid. One for every day of the year. And God wants to help us to know know today that we may be in dark and despair, but there is permanent joy that is on its way. Weeping may remain for a night, but joy comes in the morning. There is a light that is dawning on the earth. And the angel announces, don't be afraid. Because in verse 10, let's read it together, shall we? And I'm going to read from the Passion Translation version because I'll just love this verse in this this version. It reads, For I have come to bring you good news. (laughs) Good news. Just look at me for a moment. I have come to bring you good news. The most joyous news the world has ever heard. Oh, I want to do a victory dance at this moment. And it's for everyone, everywhere. I love those verses. I bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it's for everyone, everywhere. Let's linger over this for a moment. God brings you good news. The most joyous news you've ever heard. It's not about winning the lottery, which I think is now up to 185 million. You may say, how do you know that, Christian? Well, it was just on the headline. I saw it pop up. That might give you temporary joy. It won't give you permanent joy. There are people who have all kinds of things like that happen to them and darkness disappears for a moment, but it doesn't fill them with permanent joy. Only Jesus fills us with permanent joy. Receiving this message as the shepherds did Filled their hearts with joy. You might be in dark and despair. You might be in a pit. I'm wondering, are you depressed in this moment? Do you feel hopeless? Are you despairing? Then this is the verse for you. This is a promise for you to hold on to. For you to cling, hold off. Those who are in faith, can I encourage you to cling on to, hold on to this faith, this this verse, this faith in God. Let it be an anchor deep in your heart. If you're not a believer today, you don't know anything about Jesus, you've clicked on the broadcast, you've been invited by somebody, I want you to listen very, very carefully. Hope is here. Hope is here in these verses. Now listen to me, I am not trying to hype you up, but I am trying to hope you up. <laughs> I'm really not trying to hype you up, I'm doing everything I can to just, just subdue my enthusiasm in this moment. Because I want to re- literally go and do a bit of a, a dance, a jig, and a celebration, because I believe these verses... Hope has come to the world. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born. It's for everyone, everywhere, and it's good news. Now it's joyous news, the most joyous news that you could ever hear and ever receive in your heart. And we've literally got hundreds of people who have received this good news. It's amazing. So I want you to fill your heart with this thought today. I want you to fill your mind with this today. I want you to reflect and think long and hard on his favor, his grace, his precious promises to you, his truth. These verses announced to the world, Jesus stepped into the world, God stepped into the world, and you know what he said in these verses? You are forgiven. As he stepped in, you are loved. You are precious in my sight. And these Wonderful truths produce joy. They really do. Listen to me, the Saviour has come. Light is now shining, dispelling the darkness. The sun has risen onto the darkened shadows of people's hearts. And it's for everyone, everywhere, without exception. What a glorious, glorious message this is. God takes the ordinary and makes it extraordinary. God first comes to loneliness before he comes to loftiness. And from darkened despair comes permanent, permanent joy. This joy that I have found in Jesus, is not fleeting. Now listen to me, even this year, there's been great sorrow. Even this year, I've, I've, I've cried many, many tears, personally, because of some situations that have happened in our family, the loss of loved ones, plural loved ones. It's, it, it creates sadness. And of course, I'm like, I've been like a caged lion. Caroline knows this. I've at times just wanted to get out and just get at it and get to work and and just, you know, touch flesh and just, you know, be with people. It's not because I've not loved being with Caroline. I do. I love being with Caroline and I love being with the family. What I'm trying to say is we've all had a tough time. But even in the midst of these tough times, Caroline has reminded me, we have a permanent joy. It is not found in fleeting pleasures is not found just in parties and I, I'm looking forward to Christmas like nobody else. I love all the spirit and joy and wonder of Christmas. But my joy is not found in that. My joy comes from these verses. Today, I, today, you can find Jesus and it's almost like my fresh today. I know that Jesus is the one who has come to earth. I'm going to find him if I go looking for him. He is the saviour of the world. And what he has done for me, he wants to do. He wants to do for you. I wonder this day, I wonder this day, would you receive this message? As I finish, John three sixteen. I like watching classic gospel preaching. I actually like some of the old worship as well. And my kids roll their eyes at me. and go, Oh, Dad, can we not have something a bit modern? But I like some of the gospel preaching. It's pure. There was a man by the name of Billy Graham who led crusades across the world. I had the privilege of going to Sheffield, Bramall Lane and hearing him preach. And what I didn't know is that My dear wife was there. We had never met up to that point, and that was the day when she gave her life to Jesus. What a day. And one of the classic verses of Billy Graham and the classic verses of gospel preachers is John 3.16. I wonder if you'd receive this, this verse into your heart. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, That whoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting, eternal life. God so loved you, my friend. God so loved you, sir. God so so loved you, madam. God so, so loved you, grandma and granddad, friend and neighbor, that he sent Jesus into the world. And this is the Christmas story. But you've got to receive him. You've got to receive him into your heart. And if you'll do that, you will receive permanent joy that will carry you through this life and into the life to come. I wonder if we'd bow our heads and pray. Father, I thank you today for the wonder and awe of this Christmas story. What what an occasion. How wonderful you came into the earth. You came into earth. You rendered the heavens. You ripped the heavens and you came in in the form of a baby. You identified with normal mankind. But you were born to die. To die on a cross for the sins of the world. And Lord, I thank you today. There are many on the broadcast who have received this gospel message. And I simply ask, Lord, that we would carry this message to our friends and our neighbours and to our work colleagues. We would post it on so- social media. We'd leverage, we'd leverage this story for the blessing and sake of others. And Lord, the good things that you have poured into our lives, we would pour it back on those who are lonely, lonely, those who are lonely, those who are poor, those who are hurting. But I also pray, Lord Jesus, in this moment, and it may be today, just while every eye is closed, that you are just needing a Saviour. I feel your pain, I hear your pain, I see your pain, even though I'm not in the room with you, I just sense it. You just reach out in this prayer that I'm going to pray and receive this prayer into your heart. Just say, Jesus, thank you for so loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for making a way for me to be right with you. Thank you, Lord, that you are my saviour. I thank you that you came as a baby and you died as a man to take away my sins. And also to give me a foundation for living. And also a way into heaven. Father, I pray today that people would reach out to you. And if you have prayed that prayer in your heart, I want to encourage you to click on the screen. Just click on the screen where you are now. Just say, yes, I've received Jesus as Lord and Savior. Don't delay, guys. Please, please, please. Receive this message into your heart and receive the wonder of Christmas at this time. So Lord, cause your blessing to be upon your church and upon your people. And may we enjoy this moment. May we enjoy this season. And may this story become ever richer in every one of our hearts. And everybody said together, Amen and Amen. Guys, I've loved being with you. I really have. I want to encourage you to click on next week because it's our Christmas extravaganza. We've got all kinds of things that are lined up and the announcements will, be, will show you that. But I'm looking forward to being with you. And as always, I want to say to you, I love you, I'm praying for you, and I believe in you. God bless you.